makes me feel sad for the rest Nobody does it half as good as you Okay, welcome everyone to the Bolt from Wembley, the Blue podcast. Wembley, Wembley, yeah, where is. the famous man sits. Yeah, we're going to Wembley. I've only bloody just got back. Shut up. <laughs> can, can I even get the intro out, guys? This is the Bolt from the Blue podcast. In case you didn't realise, those two lunatics in the background are with me again. And uh, here we have the first one, the, the one you'll recognise from that croaky singing voice. That's uh, Ray. Ray, how are you doing? Um, champion, mate. Champion, we're doing doing really well. It's been a, it's been quite a good weekend so far. You know, City won in in the um, FA Cup. We started off on Friday night. Friday night, I said uh, Southampton to draw with Arsenal, and it's Southampton drew with Arsenal, uh, as predicted on the Bolt from the Blue podcast last week. Um, City won on Saturday. Spurs have just been absolutely thrashed six one at Newcastle. Just need Brighton. Uh, to um, you know, to do the business, and that'd be a fantastic accumulator for the weekend. Fantastic. We've also got Bernard Janine. Bernard, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm a bit bit tired, having to field a lot of stick today. From I thought it was very quiet last week, actually, on selling tickets and the fact we hadn't sold out. But obviously, the opposing fans and the media have made up for it uh, over the last 24 hours since obviously seeing the crowd at Wembley and. Uh, yeah, so I'm a bit a bit weary now. I think I've just about give up now. I've made my last statement on Twitter, and that's that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna plant my flag. That's it. Yes, I, I think I can guess why Bernard might be a little bit down in the dumps. Could that be anything to do with your uh, terrible performance in the lineup predictions, Bernard? Was that it? <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was very good, but I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll hand it over to Ray from now on. He gets eleven out of eleven every week. So we'll we'll hand it back over to Ray. I, got I was happy with seven because uh, I, I sort of guarantee not many people would have got uh, nine or ten of that right yesterday with that with that team he put out. What about you, Ray? Well I wouldn't have uh, picked Harland. So I'll hold my hands up there. I certainly wouldn't have picked Gomez. I'll hold, <laughs> I'll hold three hands up for that, not just my own hands. Um, so those two are, were left field. Um, most of the others, I think we, when I discussed it with Bernard last last time, uh, I think we'd have got most of them. I did say Pep would go strong. I didn't expect him to go, um, you know, wholesale changes and have Rico, Lewis, Peroni, you know, and... Um, 
and uh, Gomez and stuff like that. I, I said he'd go strong. And I, I suggested that KDB is one that needs resting. Um, Harlan's still young. All these players are young, so, you know, more, more or most of them. And, and we needed Bernardo and uh, Gunduan for the control. So, you know, it was a, it was a good side. It was a good side he picks and a, a very, very strong side, obviously too strong. Yeah, six, there was six changes, wasn't it? Six changes yeah. to the Bayern game, which was a, a healthy number. But as Ray said, it was still on paper, apart from uh, Gomez. Uh, <laughs> it, it looked, uh, sorry, mate. I mean, we love him. We love him. He's a City fan. I don't give a toss. He's a City fan. I'll stick up, I'll stick up for him. Apart, apart from Gomez, which was a bit of, from left field, uh, I was very surprised Phillips didn't get a go in this. That, that. But I don't think Pep could play both. I don't think Pep wanted to yeah. risk Gomez and Phillips. In fairness, I think that it was either or, so I think but, uh, we ended up with Gomez. But the thing is, he, he rested Rodri, so that's what mattered. Yeah. You know, yeah. the reason to bring Phillips in is to rest Rodri. Well, he could do better by putting <laughs> one there and resting Rodri, so that's where he did it. I, in a, either way he did it, he would have had to bring two or three players to take to make up for Rodri. That was that was the point, wasn't it? I think whatever he did, he couldn't just do a like for like. He had to move his midfielders around to uh, to compensate. So he did it in another way rather than what I thought he was going to do. Well, here was the team, guys. It was Ortega, Walker, Akanji, Laporte, uh, uh, Gundogan, Bernard, uh, Bernardo, and then we have the three. We have Gomez, Mares, Alvarez, and then we have uh, Grealish and Haaland on the bench. Ederson, Diaz, Phillips, Stones, Rodri, De Bruyne, Foden, Palmer, and Lewis. And that was your City lineup. Now, your Sheffield United lineup, I mean, you had the usual idiots on uh, Twitter who were complaining that just because City. Uh, were the city's two uh, youth players were ineligible uh, that that really seriously weakened um, Sheffield United anyway here they here they were their team started with Fotheringham and then uh, Baldock Amelhodic that's right Egan Robinson uh, Low Norwood uh, Berger Fleck NDA NDA and Jebison Okay, and that was them. And uh, we don't have a hat full of goals to talk about in this game, but we do have a healthy, healthy three to talk about. And uh, let's get into it, guys. So um, how did you feel about uh, the way w that we were um, approaching this first half, Ray? Um, same as a lot of the first half, just pretty slow and pondering. Um, I still, even though we win most games... Um, I still would like us to go and blitz teams. I still would like us to to move the ball around quicker. I know Pep is worried about losing the ball, transitions, counterattacks, and everything else. But I really wish we'd go and blitz teams because if we were going for it, I just think we'd we'd, we'd crush teams and you know we'd, we'd get ahead and we'd go further ahead. And if we drop drop behind, we'd still attack them like crazy, move that ball quicker, and we'll get back into games and win them. It, look, what what Pep is doing is works. I just think what I I'm, what I suggest works would work better, and it'd take a bit of your nerves away. And it, 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 that first half was a I've said this a few times this season a bit stodgy, a bit turgid. Um, you know, there was there was not much to get excited about. I think uh, did you get excited that first half, Bernard? Much? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's one of those um, 
it's funny Wembley, isn't it? I mean, time does fly. I mean, whether you know, obviously, I've known games where it's crawled along. Obviously, <laughs> crucial, crucial games, but uh, it was boring. But it's still, at least it flew past. That's the only positive I'm gonna I'm gonna take from that first half. It was it was turgid. It was wishy washy, but at least it went very quickly. Fortunately for us. Well, guys, um, interesting comments from Paul Heckingbottom, who's the Sheffield United manager. The first part of it was uh, straight out of the uh, the normal script against um, uh, a higher level um, opponent. Uh, the second part of it was more interesting. Anyway, this is how we started. Um, it's a great day for the players, the families, our supporters. We're determined to enjoy the game and we'll be back to the day job on Wednesday night. Uh, finishing off with, you'll have to acknowledge Erling, Erling Haaland is a world-class striker who lives and breathes goals, but with that comes a structure to how he wants to play. It's one thing spotting it, but another dealing with it. We know we will have to be cute and cautious, and we can't put all our thoughts and energies into stopping one player. So there you go. That's what he said before the game. And the, the game got underway. Um, there were quite a number of uh, empty seats in the stadium. And, of course, you've got that clown, um, Mark Goldbridge, attributing that to the fact that City hadn't brought their numbers. Uh, what did you think about that, Ray? Well, I think only clowns listen to Mark Goldbridge and uh, take anything from what he says <laughs> and repeat it, you know. <laughs> uh, touche, mate, touche. Um, so, look, it's, it's, it's going to be thrown at City. Time and time again, uh, when we it, look, let's start from the beginning. It shouldn't be at Wembley, okay? Absolutely <laughs> ludicrous to have it at Wembley. Uh, there was a season a few years ago when Spurs were playing at Wembley, I think, uh, if I'm right. We went five times to Wembley that season we, in the FA Cup, League Cup, FA Cup twice, League Cup, playing against Spurs and the Community Shield. Five visits to Wembley, you know, and it's not as if it's around the corner. You know, you've got to. Uh, uh, someone put what he spent on his on his uh, trip: sixty quid for a ticket, thirty-five quid or whatever for a, a train ticket, or forty-nine quid. Uh, oh, it was actually it's Julie Haslam actually. She put it up. Um, so, and a little bit of money for petrol to get to the station, uh, parking at the station, uh, one one alcoholic drink for eight pounds. Um, apparently, you could piss stronger uh, drinks than that. Um, and a, a, a hot dog for eight quid, 215 quid or something. It's, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, we've got to shell out that much money. It's at five o'clock or 4.30 on a, on a um, Saturday evening. So, okay, maybe you can, on this occasion, you can get back home on, on public transport. But there's been times where you have to stay overnight because, you know, the games are finishing late or there's problems with public transport. So, you know, this is not even chucking in a hotel. It's ridiculous. If you want to drive down, it costs you an arm and a leg in in, pet, in petrol or diesel. You know, for me to drive to Wembley and back, it's best part of 100 quid. And then if mm -hmm. the car's a few years old, you're going to play the, the ULA, so, so which is whatever, 12 or 15 quid. It's all money, money, money. Okay, time, expense, and money. Um, it is it's ridiculous that we're actually going there. When to be honest, Sheffield United versus Man City, you could have played that at loads of grounds in, in the north. You could have played that at dare I say Old Trafford. You could have played that Goodison Park, even at Anfield. 
I mean, you might, you might not want to, <laughs> but I'm just saying, play it in the north. You know, you play. Look, if you played that uh, so many grounds in the north, you'd have got full house, fifty odd thousand, uh, and and more local fans would have gone. More local fans could have afforded it. Um, so it's it's ridiculous, and you, it, you know, we city fans. Apparently, was it four thousand city fans went to uh, Munich for for the game midweek? It's very expensive, and you look at it; it's not a high profile site. If this was against Liverpool, if it was against Leeds, if it was against United, it'd have been a full house because it's a more prestigious time. Nothing against Sheffield United; it's a more prestigious uh, occasion. Um, and like most city fans are saying, well, we're going. Hopefully, we're going back in a few weeks' time. And if we're going, if we, you know, some people are going out to Madrid, some people are going to hopefully to go to Istanbul. We're going to be back at the, for the FA Cup final without being too presumptuous on second of June or third third of June. Give us six weeks, we'll be back again in five weeks. So, you know, why shall I so much money now? And money's uh, a very precious, scarce commodity these days. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to King Raymond Baratheon, uh, King of the North, and first of his name. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to uh, let's move on to uh, uh, Bernard. Bernard, um, Sheffield United, our opponents, uh, they were they were standing second, and they will uh, finish second in the championship. I think they're they're on eighty two points or something like that. Yeah. They're kind right. of. Uh, Obviously, not quite as good as Burnley, but I think their posi position uh, is uh, fairly well ensured. A fact that was um, affirmed yeah, yeah, by Pep yeah, before think, the game. I think, have, I think they could literally not. I mean, they could lose every game and still go up at the moment because the other teams will have to win every game because uh, they've got it sorted out. So they're, they're in a good position. I think they need two points mathematically, but yeah, it's over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here was Pep before the game. He says it's the fourth time in a row we are here. We've lost the previous three. Hopefully, we can perform well today and reach the final. This is a special day at Wembley for supporters of both teams. It's a beautiful, sunny day. There's no more argument for us to do it. Sheffield United have the same style they had in the Premier League with Chris Wilder. They're really good. They're a Premier League team, almost ready. So, it's uh, uh, he set the, the scene uh, quite nicely. And so, off we went. The teams were out. Sheffield United with their red and white stripes. Um. Decent atmosphere at uh, Wembley. Uh, Sheffield United get the uh, get the kickoff, get the ball rolling, and then then what happens next, Bernard? How was no, the uh, the first third of the first half? Well, we could have been a goal or two down, couldn't we? Let, let's be, let's be fair about it. And, and Da, um, of course, uh, Gomez got skinned within the within the first couple of minutes down the right hand side. So. All you have to do to, to heck in bottom is tell them, well, that's what you have to do, mate. All you have to do is get down our right and, you know, put a couple of players over there and you'll, uh, you might get some joy. And he, and he got left behind. Uh, I think he went out for a corner. I think the block got in eventually, went out for a corner. And to be honest with you, the, the crossover, uh, Egan, was it? Flicked it on. I think it's yeah. Egan. And, and Day, I mean, he had, he had a good, Couple of yards to aim at to Ortega's right, but decided to go to the other corner. He made a, you know, obviously it's the first two minutes of a Wembley, you know, no matter how much we say about Wembley, it's, it's a Wembley semi final. This lad probably doesn't get many opportunities to go to Wembley and 
score a goal. So obviously, <laughs> unfortunately, he actually went and Ortega made an okay save. He, you know, any any good goalkeeper would have made that save because it was virtually at his, his left hand side. But big mistake from Endea, who's been doing. He's their top scorer, I think, this season. He's, he's one of their best players, of course. Um, apart from people like uh, the Tommy Doyles and the uh, Mcatees of this world, and yeah, he just made the wrong choice. He, he hit it back perhaps towards where it was rather than going for the other corner. And uh, we could have been 1-0 down in two minutes. Uh, and that that probably, I think they had another chance after. That was probably the best it was going to get for Sheffield United. Once they missed that, we were rubbish, but they just didn't. They just sat back and didn't really want to offer too much after after the, the blow of not going ahead. That's right, guys. It was a very interesting uh, comedic moment. So you had um, Blackadder's... Um, uh, mate Baldrick's dog's body, so Blackadder's uh, dog's body's dog's body, Bulldog winning a corner, um, uh, a Bulldog, that's right, um, beating Gomez quite easily, and uh, everything else was as was described uh, by Ray. So it was quite a breathless uh, start, and uh, City had to try to calm things down from uh, from there on. Um, Ray, you did mention that you thought it was quite. Uh, boring. Uh, Man City dominated the early possession. I think it was the statistics were crazy at one point. I think after about nine minutes, it was about eighty-five percent. Yeah, <laughs> but it was um, it was kind of very toothless um, uh, possession for a lot of the time, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely. As I said, we were too slow, uh, much too slow. You know, you can have as much possession of you want as you want. If you don't do out with it, what's the point? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and. One thing, one thing that really stood out. I mean, the wingers weren't doing much. I mean, Maris and Grealish. Grealish was frustrating, uh, particularly because when he got the ball, he'd just take his time. He had one man on him, and he'd wait. Basically, he's waiting until uh, was it Sanderberg would come. So he'd have two men on him. Why didn't you just go at the defender, get into the box, and make him do something rather than piss about? And, and give an opportunity for somebody else to come and double team you. As soon as you're double teamed, he's passing the ball away. So you know, it's, it's so it's a waste of a ball to Greeley. She's you know, and, and not really much was happening. Uh, we weren't taking long shots. Walker couldn't cross. Um, it was it was a it was a I'd watch. I felt sorry for the city fans who'd gone all that way because you know you, you you're at least hoping for a decent game out of it uh, after shelling out all that money. Uh, and um, City just weren't really offering that much at all. Ed Bernard, on the 15-minute mark, I thought, sure, we'd scored. It was a beautiful strike from Haaland, but um, what was that ruled out for exactly? I think if we judged it to be a foul and take the ground, we had yeah. no idea. Of course, we uh, we were jumped up and we very quickly sat back down again uh, when obviously Mr. Atwell uh, had made his decision. But apparently, he did judge that Harland had fouled the player uh, before he whacked it. And I must admit, looking at the goalkeeper, I thought the goalkeeper had stopped anyway. So I assumed the whistle must have sounded or something because it was a. It didn't look as though it was going to go in the goal at one stage from where we were up the other end, of course, uh, up the far end. But uh, yeah, I think he fouled the player. That I think Ray was that right, Ray. I think he fouled him before he took the shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what he's put it down to. Uh, I mean, one commentator, the, uh, Ali Man, said it was a handball, but it weren't an handball. It was it was there for the foul. It was. It, it, we didn't see enough of it to see replays and, and properly to see how bad it was. I didn't. I didn't think at the time it was that bad at all. I just think he got there a little ahead of um, you know the. the 
Sheffield United player. But uh, and as soon as he got it, he he leathered it in from about thirty yards. But keeper did move because I mean the whistle had gone. Um, whether whether you know if the whistle hadn't gone, would the keeper have moved? I'm not so sure. You know, I don't think anybody was expecting Harlan to, you know, because he's a tapping merchant to to hit that ball from uh, as far out as he did. Mm-hmm. Was that about it, Bernard, for the first half? Was there anything well, else? There were a couple of things. Uh, Mares had one that was always going wide, uh, being teed up from from Mares. Alvarez had a good chance. The goalkeeper made an okay save, didn't he, to his left to push it round the post again? A save you fully expect a decent, half decent keeper to make, uh, and that took us, of course, which we'll talk about now, to to the actual bit of luck we got because there's, there's no way this this game wasn't going to win go in at half time nil nil based on what we saw we're going to you know pep would have to rejig it and mess about with it at half time but obviously fortunately we had a little bit of fortune i think with the goal uh, both ways I, th- I think i think it's one of those goals that could have been uh, awarded the penalty could have been awarded or not awarded depending on what the refs decided at that point in time etc etc et so we'll talk about that now i assume yeah, exactly, um, Ray. So, um, what brought what brought on this penalty? Foul. Where's the insight? We'll wrap up. We'll wrap up both from the blue right oh, now. Look, no, <laughs> look, it could be an ball. That's the two reasons you get a penalty for ball or a foul. <laughs> and on this occasion, it was a foul. We had that. Uh, I think we had a cornic went into the mixer. I think Bernardo, he was challenging against someone much, I think, much taller than him. Uh, I think he did lean into him slightly. The ball bounced and the fella was facing the wrong way. He turned around and Bernardo had nicked the ball. He had lo- he'd lost contacts with Bernardo. Yeah. He didn't know where he was. And he just stuck his leg out, uh, um, you know, to get have a go at the ball. But it's you can't do rash things like that. Not ex- Wait a minute. What, it was a, it's kind of one of these automatic reactions. Uh, knee jerk, can we call it? Um where you just do something because you're not sure what's going on, and just like uh, and Bernardo uh, went over, and it was it was a clear penalty, even though uh, the lousy ITV um, commentators which were, were, were talking shite uh, about it being unlucky or whatever. You know, all through the game they were talking up the plucky Chef United, and um, you know, it, sometimes you felt they were going to cry. <laughs> when because uh, it was when City got that penalty and we, we scored and you know um, well look end of the day we we beat Sheffield United pretty comfortably we could have scored a couple more we didn't even have our first team out we took players off when we were comfortably ahead I mean for God's sake Mara scored three goals it was that easy um, <laughs> but, 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 but but you got the commentators uh, almost in tears. Mm-hmm. I I I do um, remember switching off the. The, the audio on the commentary at one point. I think it was Ali McCoyston and his mate that was saying that that was not a penalty. I mean, he took a clear swipe at Bernardo Silva. It was an obvious penalty. But those guys were saying, oh, he got a touch of the ball. He got a touch of the ball. Oh, for goodness sake. Do me a favor, guys. Do me a favor. Anyway, uh, the next, the, the, uh, I suppose the next po- talking point, Bernard, is you had Holland on pitch. And you got Marius taking the penalty. What's going on there? I mean, do you, is that what's happening now? That that he missed one at Holland, so he gets punished by losing his um his role as the penalty taker. I despair, mate. I really do despair of what decisions we make. I'm sick of Pep leaving it up to players. 
as a manager, I want him just to say that Ireland's our penalty taker. If he's on the pitch, he'll take it. It's as simple as that. All right, it works out fine. Works out wonderful for Mares. First ever City player hat trick at Wembley. Fantastic, brilliant. You know me, I like my stats, I like my little records. But, you know, Ireland's going through a little record as well. And, you know, he takes him off after half, you know, with half a game left. He doesn't let him let him take How's he gonna beat Dixie Dean? Come on. How's he gonna get all these this these goals if he's he's not allowed to take penalties like that? It's ridiculous. So what happens now? Does Maris take all the penalties till he misses one? And then Ireland's back on it. It's just a fudge. It's, it's crap. It really is crap to me. It does it does annoy me. Fantastic penalty, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't be too awful about it. But the fact is, he shouldn't be taking Ireland should have took that penalty. When he picked the ball up and held it, I thought, all right, he's got to hold it. Let things calm down. Let the Sheffield United players have a whinge, blah, blah, blah. Let the time pass. And I thought he was going to go over and hand it to Haaland. And he didn't. He put it off, oh, for God's sake. And yeah, wonderful goal. Haaland congratulated him. They're all mates. Uh, there's no animosity or anything like that. But I just don't want to see that. I, I'm sorry. I, I just want... Harland, if he's on the pitch, takes the penalties. Simple as that. And uh, Mares, yes, can take him if Harland isn't around. But uh, no, I, it's, I do, I do despair. Fantastic penalty, credit, brilliant. The goalie wasn't getting to that even if he went the right way. But we, we've seen this from uh, Mares. He can score some fantastic penalties. But just, just, just make a stand or decide once and for all. I, I don't like it. I mean, Ray might like it. You might like it. I don't know, but I, I don't like it. It's crap. Man. Mm-hmm. Crap, you know, you want, you want, I mean, for, for, for several reasons, I want one person to be our penalty taker. Haaland's missed one out of seven for City. He, and that was because he had a bit of pressure applied to him. You got to get back on the horse quickly. Get him back on, take a penalty. If Haaland missed against Sheffield United, then I'd say fair enough, you can take him off penalty duties. Uh, but uh, didn't I tell you last, on the last pod, that Maras has missed Six out of 19 penalties in the Premier League. So, you know, there, there's your stats. You know, I'm not I'm presuming not all of them for City, but there's your stats. Haaland's got a pretty good record and we want him to keep breaking records. We want him to keep breaking records. You know, I, I want him to get, if possible, 60 goals this season. It's not really like Dixie Dean's because Dixie Dean did is in the league and Haaland's doing it in all competitions, but... It would be an awesome first season for Haaland to play 62 games, hopefully, and to score 60 goals. You know, it, it's just superb. Um, it's just, you know, I think he'd, I think he'd, um, he'd already have well over 50. Um, I think uh, it's just that Pep keeps taking him off early, doesn't he? He keeps pulling him off once he's got uh, a few goals. But I want him, I want him to break records. I want, you know, when Pep leaves us, I want him to have set even more records. You know, because I want as much as possible in terms of trophies and records to be in City's name because I'm a City fan. So it's normal and natural. Um, Bernard's right. Let him keep taking the penalties. Don't let people decide on on the pitch. Unless Harlan suddenly says, well, I don't fancy this. Let him carry on taking the penalties. For the next 10 minutes, Bernard, it was... um... Pretty much City taking digs from distance. You had one from Walker. You had um, Mares knocking it long. You had a, a 25-yarder from um, Gundawan that was deflected. Uh, it seemed it was going to take a while to put this uh, game to bed, wasn't it? Yeah, you talk well, we're into the second half now, I assume. Are you? That's, uh, that's, that's yeah, where we're yeah, yeah. 
that was virtually half time, one nil. Probably not deserved one nil, uh, you know, for City. But we, we take it, and at, at one nil, you know, that's it, game over. Because you just couldn't see Sheffield United contributing, contributing anything to this, and they hadn't done uh, getting forward and trying to take advantage of Gomez and things like this. They just didn't seem to... All they wanted to do and all Heckingbottom wanted to do was not get spanked, which is fair enough. I don't mind that. I, I'm happy with that. They say they're happy. They're getting promoted. That's bang on. We've already talked about that. And yeah, play, when the draw was made, they wouldn't have perhaps minded playing United or Brighton. But what they didn't want to do was play us because, you know, it is. and we saw it by their turnout of the crowd. Uh, they didn't sell all their tickets. They sold less than us, which surprised me. I think, obviously, you think these other teams are going to, you know, always sell out. I mean, the Sheffield Wednesday fans were having a pop at them because they couldn't sell the tickets. You know, this is what it all boils down to. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. So, yeah, um, they weren't going to score, Sheffield United. They weren't going to score. So, 1-0 was good enough. Uh, I thought we were all right second half. Uh, again, uh, I think um, I think Ireland should have perhaps... I don't know. I thought Ireland was going to score on about 56 minutes. I, he sort of read it right, didn't he? I think um, I think Gomez was involved. He was playing a bit more forward now where he was more comfortable because he could, because Sheffield United weren't really worrying us too much. Uh, and I think the ball took a deflection from a shot. And it looked to me as though Ireland had been very clever. The guy was trying to rush it out, I think, for a corner, uh, the Sheffield United guy. Uh, i trying to see if we could think on here who, who it was. Um, Robinson. Robinson attempted to let it go. And from our angle, right behind the goal, of course, at Wembley, I thought he'd, hey, he's, he's in. He's in behind. And he, he sort of stuck his foot out and it sort of hit the side netting. But I, I thought he was on to score then. And I just thought, he, I mean, it's a bit horrible to say it. I mean, I expect a lot from early, obviously my big lummox, but I thought he was going to put that in the net. And I was a bit disappointed he only managed to put it in the side netting. But as you said, it was little chances like that. It wasn't anything significant. We weren't, we weren't ramping paging forward and hoping to uh, to batter them uh, and of course it was up to the 61st minute with half an hour left that um, our Algerian prince uh, nicked it didn't he we're going to talk about that I assume well nicking it is a, an interesting description for that Bernard because he ran half the length of the pitch didn't he Ray <laughs> we're not hearing Ray at the moment are you muted Ray Ray, I think you are muted, which might be the best thing sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, I, was on, I was on mute. I was on mute. So uh, it was your. It was that busy yawning when I was chatting. He muted it. <laughs> no, it was Riyad Mahrez. He picked it up um, on the high and He actually won a tackle, which is very on Riyad Mahrez like. And he just waltzed. There was no no one even bothered to come close to him. And it was like someone someone described it. It's like one of your mates letting you score on FIFA. Because <laughs> the, the, the fellow ran out, basically ran the other way. And Marvis said, well, thank you very much. Walked into the uh, area and slotted it past the keeper. I think the keeper got a little touch on it. Uh, but as soon as it nestled in the onion bag, you knew the game was over. There was no coming back from that. And uh, Marvis went off and punched the air in delight. Second mm. goal for him at Wembley uh, for City. Fan fantastic. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Chef United, the heads, I don't think the heads dropped. I think they're still... Carried on in the same manner, but it, it was it was far too easy. And uh, after the game, Eginbotham, uh, the Sheffield United manager, said, "You know, we we made we basically shot ourselves in the foot. We made mistakes with the first two goals. Uh, it was right, you know. I mean, um, you know, but this is this is the level you're playing at. You're playing against 
You know, and he said he, when the players, when we're going to get into the Premier League, this is what you're up against. You're playing against the big boys now. Um, and you can't afford to make mistakes and you can't afford not to take your chances. It was quite funny, wasn't it, um, uh, Bernard? Because uh, as um, as Maris is barreling through there, you had um, Holland on one side, Alvarez on the other side, but they weren't getting anywhere. They were looking for the pass, but he just was tunnel visioned with that one. They were, they were not getting it off him anyway. It was it was just it was just poor, wasn't it? I mean, it was. We like our biblical references, don't we, Mike? On this, it was like the passing of the Red Sea, wasn't it? It just you know, and obviously <laughs> it, it didn't close behind. It was sort of closing behind him as he was running, but it was just uh, it was just weird because when when we were there, and we were watching it. I thought, well, the, the guy's going to either foul him or or dive in and get a tackle. But obviously, with Harland and Alvarez uh, smooching along and running along the flanks, smooching. they were totally, totally well. Uh, sashaying, they were both sashaying along. I mooching along, but not smooching. <laughs> Al- Alvarez must have been about 10 yards behind, so he had to run to catch up. Ireland obviously was pulled a couple over to the left, uh, to the left hand side. Alvarez took one to the other, and the guy who had been marking, who had been sort of watching. Mares, and I'll use a word, I'll use that word watching because he wasn't doing anything. He, he could have. Had, I thought he was going to foul him on the edge of the box or something like that, and take the book in. I'm sure he wasn't. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't on the yellow already or something like that. But all of a sudden he just sat back and, and Mares said thank you very much and say the Red Sea opened and he and he he smoothly put it away and the keep the keeper. Not much he could do. Uh, he was beaten. And I say one nil was victory. Two nil was even better. And uh, he's on for a, a little hat trick, isn't he? Hmm. Now uh, this is uh, this is interesting, and it uh, leads to a little pop quiz question. Because of course, straight after that, you had the city fans doing the Poznan pop quiz question to Ray. Um, when did the Poznan start, and how did it start, and what's it all about? Oh, you're asking me hard questions now. Poznan started because we played uh, a club called uh, Lech Poznan. Uh, I think they're from uh, Pol- uh, Poland. <coughs> I think Bernard would correct me for any of my mistakes now. So we played the, the uh, uh, played them in. Uh, it would have been, I suspect, um, a UEFA Cup tie. I think it was. Uh, I think City prevailed. But what they did was um, they. Uh, this is how they celebrated. So basically, the the positive is it involved. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit from Wiki, or I remember a bit from Wiki as well. But basically, this, the fan after you score, fans turn round, you put your arms on each other's shoulders, backs to the pitch, and just jump up and down. And the way it's, it's a funny thing now because it, it kind of Mexican waves around the ground because a group of fans will start it, then others will see it nearby. And then others will see it nearby them, and and it kind of, if you know, you. Yeah, mean, I, mean, I, call, I call it the Poznan wave now. That's what it I call it. Wave. So it it started with Let Poznan uh, in Poland. Uh, City copied it in, uh, obviously from England. Yeah, see, I mean, they they actually do it for a few minutes, don't they? They actually they yeah. actually don't watch the match. That shows how bad Let Poznan are. We could have done that with Mark Hughes's day and Stuart Pearce's day. We could have probably come up with that idea as well because they literally don't watch the match for about ten minutes. I mean, yeah. I'm not you're not talking the few, you know twenty seconds, half a minute like we do it because I once I've done it for about twenty seconds, I want to turn around and watch what's going on. It totally totally annoys me, but I still do it. But but yeah, like Poznan used to do it for like ten or fifteen minutes at a time, which you, you don't you have no idea what's going on on the pitch. Yeah. But uh, so we have adapted it slightly. So yeah. it's, it it's nice. Back. It's nice. Teams like Southampton have picked up on it as well, and of course yeah. they were doing it, it on back. Friday. 
it goes back to um, that that game uh, in uh, twenty ten. So um, I mean, we I don't think we we were a bit nonplussed when when they did it to us, um, but we we called it the Poznan. It was you know they they called it something else. It's called the the Grec, I think, or the Greca. Yeah. Great, Celt- do, don't Celtic do something Celtic similar do it as well now? Yeah. A few clubs have done it. Uh, Leicester took the piss out of us, I think. When uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, I mean, it, it's there. It's there to take the mick, isn't it, of other teams doing it? Which is what, obviously, in a positive stance like Southampton against Arsenal, we like that. And if it's against us, so what? We, we you know, that's what football's all about. Yeah, yeah. There's a, I, so there's a few clubs have copied it, and as you say, Celtic. Do it uh, reasonably regularly. They call theirs the huddle. Do, do you uh, think the fans. first proper one we did was the Wem- United Wembley game? Was that the first real significant one we probably did? Twenty eleven. We probably did it before them. I think we did it before them. But I think that was the first really major one that everyone sort of latched onto. The one when yeah. the teams were being announced. And obviously, we did it then when the t- United team was being announced at Wembley. I think that was the biggest, probably the biggest one Wembley had ever seen. Anyway, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, and uh, good good knowledge, guys. Good knowledge. Um, we didn't have to wait much longer. It's only five minutes before the Prince of Algeria got his hat trick. Had me um, sending sarcastic tweets to um, to Raimondo there. Um, but um, it, this was all about Jack Grealish, uh, Bernard, wasn't it? Yeah, like Ray was saying, uh, he'd had one of those games a bit similar to last season where. He was picking the ball up and not really moving. He was picking the ball up and obviously being closed down very quickly. At times, he had three players on him yesterday. Ray said about one another guy. Sometimes he had three on him, uh, even up to four, I think I noticed at some stages. But he was sort of getting the ball and collecting it. He wasn't really moving it on. Occasionally, he'd he'd try, but then he'd just run into defenders and lose it. And now that's sometimes he did that in his first season with us. And I think it was that sort of game yesterday where... A lot of the team were not at the best. You know, even the guys who've been playing regularly they weren't at the best. I think Greeley should sort of come down to that a poorer level or gone back back in time. But with this one, he did exactly the same. He wasn't going anywhere, but fortunately, he had the vision, and fortunately, he had a guy who actually was moving for him into space. Uh, you know, and it was Mares, and he actually spotted him. It was a lovely ball through, lovely ball through to Mares, who, to be honest with you, his finish wasn't great. I thought the keeper could have saved yeah. it. I thought, you know, I thought he got a good hand on it. It wasn't that far away from him. He, uh, if Mares had stuck it another three feet, three feet or so wider, it would have been a cracking goal, similar to his penalty, right in the court into the side net and into the into the net. But uh, yeah, the keeper. I thought the keeper should have done better with it. But hey. A hat trick for Mares and another record broken and another achievement uh, for a City player. So, so that's great. And that's uh, my next pop questions. Uh, pop question we're we're going to ask. Uh, let's uh, ask this to Ray. So, um, just after that, of course, there was a double change for City, as you would predict. Grealish and Haaland uh, coming off, and Foden and Palmer coming on. People were hoping that um, Holland would stay on and get goals number forty nine and fifty for the season, but it wasn't to be. And it was a Mares hat trick, guys, and it's the first in an FA Cup final, uh, an FA Cup semi final since um, who scored for whom against whom in what year? Oh come on, man! Anybody? Uh... No, I know the year. Oh, but I forgot, I forgot, I forgot the name. United player, but it was 1958. It was Alex 1958. Dawson. It was Alex Dawson scoring for Manchester United against, against? who? Oh, well, I know. That's I don't know. Everton? 
No, they play. These this team plays in London. Ah, oh, okay. Um, probably you see with it being United links, I read it and forgot it immediately. So that's that's my that's my bag, lad. Sorry about that. I did read it. Team <laughs> team that plays in London. Uh, Arsenal. No. Tottenham. Uh, no. Chelsea. But it does it does end in H A M though. West Ham. West Ham. <laughs> no. Oh God. There only is one more. Well, I think there's only one more. Um, they play near to why uh, I used to live in, in near Shepherd's Bush, so Fulham, they live, Fulham, they play Fulham, near Fulham. there. Fulham. Fulham, Fulham. It was. It, it was Man United against Fulham, 1958. Was that when? Um, wasn't, so that there, was, uh, wasn't there before you Mike, start? Mike, I was. Mike, I was. Mike, I was twinkling uh, <laughs> my dad's eye at that in 1958. Uh, Mike, was that was that Wembley, Mike? Um. It, Come on, mate. You, I, you asked I, us all. I, this, I, I don't, I, hang on, hang on. You asked us all these difficult questions, yeah, about uh, who scored it, <laughs> uh, who were the opponents, blah blah blah. What year was it? I mean, come on, what year? So where was it played? That's the only. Well, you want me to tell you the crowd attendance as well? Do you? Well, Please. Uh, Can you name them? <laughs> Can you name each one? <laughs> Ray, so I am unable to. I'm. I'm unable to confirm that it was at Wembley, I, but I'm thinking probably not, given that it it's not relatively that, been that long. Semi-final, mate. It was FA Cup semi-final, and back in the day, they played it proper. They played it at neutral venues, you know. So Fulham versus United, they played it at the local stadium, which was Highbury, because as we all know, <laughs> most Man United fans they can. This is this is a difference. The Man United, most Man United fans can walk to Wembley. Or at least get the tube. City fans, Sheffield United fans, you've got a 200 mile trip. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. Okay, guys. Well, then that sparked off all of the chit chat about the treble. Um, Bernard, do you like it when people start talking about things like treble, trebles and quadruples, or does it make you nervous like an old style Man City fan? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not asked mate you can talk all you want but we do it we don't do it it's, it's, it's what it is if we do it we do it we don't we don't it, it doesn't worry me one iota all they do it is to build us up to, to knock us back down we know what the what you know certain level certain people in the media are doing of course yeah, of course it'd be great it'd be great to get a treble you know but it'd be something else if we got a treble United fans will still be hitching up and saying oh well you, you'll come back when you've done a treble and won three Champions League trophy, uh, European trophy I mean, it's, it's all it's all garbage, you know. It, it, that's all it is. It's just on, yeah. I know you wanted to say something else. Yeah, well, with the B, yeah. I mean, it is. It's for me. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. Cut, we'd love it. Of course, we'd love it. It'd be fantastic. I'll be happy uh, at this stage of the season now. I mean, obviously, before Christmas, I probably said I would have been happy with just the FA Cup. But I mean, uh, a minimum an FA Cup and a title will do for me. Yeah, I and mean, you get the Champions League. Uh, I want that. I want it desperately. Uh, not just for me, but just to shut people up. But I say it still won't shut people up. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't worry me what they say about the you know the treble. It's just putting extra pressure on. And of course, it'd be some achievement if we do it on the basis of the start to the season we got. I wouldn't have thought in a million. I wouldn't, you know, if you come to ask me at Christmas time before before the World Cup break, uh, I would have said, uh, "Don't be so bloody stupid." But uh, at this stage, at this stage, it's in our hands, and that's all we can say. As long as it's in our hands, uh, it's doable. But I'm not going to worry about people mentioning it. I think the the, the word which uh, Bernard was uh, searching for was uh, bulldog. It's a, a lot of bulldogs. <laughs> Actually, 
guys, the attendance uh, rate, the rate, the attendance wasn't that bad. I'm just seeing it up it's here on the screen. Sixty-nine thousand six hundred and three. Not that bad, eh? It's all right. Look, considering, okay, and actually, let's be clear here. A lot of the empty seats were the corporate section. Okay, yes, City and Sheffield United didn't uh, sell our, uh, uh, the, some of the higher um, tiers. The top tier they didn't sell out uh, on the sides. But the ones that you could, the empty seats you could see on the telly, they were the corporates. So they can all get stuffed having a pop at City. The one, the empty seats you see on the telly were the corporate uh, areas, um, corporate section. The ones that you see in the pictures where the, the top ends where there was no no fans, obviously they, they come in the pictures. But the you know, the ones that are the picture, they're the on the TV, it's beamed out to billions of people around the world, and it's the corporate section who couldn't be asked to go into the game. It's absolutely mm -hmm. ridiculous. And really, I'll say it again and again and again we need to bin this idea about having the games at Wembley. It's all about money. You know, the, the FA are looking at are making money, and that's it to pay for this. The white. I still call it a white elephant of Wembley. They spent so much money um, building it. They wasted so much money building this. Um, you know, I just don't see. I don't. I'd love somebody to be able to tell us what the difference would be in if you played that. For argument's sake, if you played this game at Old Trafford, okay, with thirty-seven thousand fans from each side having a 75,000 um, uh, um, capacity and charge the same prices as Wembley, what difference would it have made to the match day income? What difference would it have made? Hmm. They'd have got... Well, the there's even an argument you could stick a fiver on it or a tenner on because it's, you know, we're not paying all the bloody transport to get down there, so we're not averse to paying an extra fiver or tenner just for the privilege. You know, if, if they said, if we had to do that, and he said, well, we need the money, guys, we're so poor... Poor that we we'd have to. Say, so what? I'll say you know it's cost it's cost me fifty quid to get down there in the car. So yeah, yeah. why not? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, um, apart from a couple of um, you know, reasonable swipes to try and make it four, that's how it finished, guys. It was Mahrez's hat trick. It was three 0 to City. City in the FA Cup final, and that was the and yeah, the first uh, the time thing. and the first time we've ever beat them in an FA Cup game. There you go. So that was a, that was an yeah. achievement. We've never beat them before. Yeah, Ray. Who do you fancy as our um, cup final opponents? Honestly, I'd like it to be Brighton because then I think we'd get yep. a decent game of football. They're playing football in the cup. <laughs> well, let's be honest, Man United are playing counter-attack football against Brighton. We're, we're recording this um, whilst that game is going on. Okay? Um, and United are basically, uh, from what I read, they've been playing uh, on the counter-attack. They're shit. Okay? You know, they play an awful brand of football. It's an sh absolute shocking shame that Pepper's got... A, a terrible record against United since he's been here, but I want to play Brighton. I think they deserve to be in the in the final. They've um, they've done really really well this season, and they deserve to be in Europe next season. Uh, I think an FA Cup final would be great for them, and it, it would be a very interesting game of football. It might be a game of football where we have less than fifty percent possession uh, and still come out on top. Uh, as uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'd like to see. So another pop quiz question here. Um, nice and nice and easy one for you, Bernard. When was the last time City won the FA Cup, and who was it against? Watford six 0 Yep. Yep. 
that's pretty much it. Was that it? Was that pre-COVID? Was that the last one before 2019. COVID? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, so mm-hmm. last, last well, season before Mike, COVID. Pop quiz for Mike then, since Mike's uh, popping all the quizzes at the moment. City got to the uh, FA Cup final, having scored 17 goals. Do you know how many goals we conceded in those five games, Mike? Four. <laughs> <laughs> Only four out. <laughs> Eight. Zero. <laughs> go the other way, Mike. Go I, the other I, way, I, mate. I was about to say, I know he's going to go. He's going to go high, Mike. Mike you need to lowball yourself, okay? It was zero, okay? Mm-hmm. When was the last time? A, a, who? Was no it? more when, pop quiz questions for the host. Was, Come on. No, last week, last week you got one, a question right. You wanted a prize. So who was the last team that <laughs> went uh, to um, to the FA Cup final, having not uh, not conceded a goal? En route. Uh, so you're asking me about other teams that are not Man City. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, who cares, Ray? Who cares? Oh, come on. You asked us. Right, hang, hang on a minute. You asked, <laughs> you asked who the last team was, the last player to score uh, a hat trick in an FA Cup semi final, and it was a United player. When was it, and who was it against? And now you want to? Oh, yeah, well, that was that was that that's that that's, that fact was displayed everywhere. And I, I also I, 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 I believe Ray it was Everton. It was Everton. You're right. <laughs> yes, and, but they did concede two in the final when they beat yeah. West Brom three two. But here's the thing: that yeah. fact was displayed everywhere as well. 66 There you yeah. go. That fact was displayed <laughs> everywhere, Mike. The fact the reason I know it is before the game, everybody was talking about Everton were the last team to do it in the World Cup. Winning year, I can't believe you're so out of it, mate. The the reason that you know that is because your trembly little fingers are too close to that keyboard for no, Wikipedia. Because it's a fact that Bernard got, <laughs> and I and you. I mean, look, I'm sat here talking. We're on. Obviously, we can see each other. Both my hands are up here now. Unless you, unless I'm a clever dick, okay. I have not had access to my laptop while my hands are up here. I'm sorry, guys. We can't confirm that with a podcast, an audio <laughs> podcast. We, we can't confirm that. Hey, listen, it, uh, Mike, if I, if I can remember that fact, anyone, because my memory's absolute crap. And as I said, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that United player and, the, and who they'd done it against. So that just Alex shows Watson. what my memory my memory's like. Because in the same way, the fact about Everton, I knew the fact about United, but forgotten about it. Alex Dawson, it was Bernard. He's got a yeah. trip for Man United again. I, I tell you what, if you'd asked me that just a second ago, again, I would have still forgot who you'd yeah. said because uh, I'm no they, interest they in United. Highbury, so. They played at Highbury United. They played at Highbury United one five three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Well remembered way. Well, well remembered. You truly have a, a formidable intellect. A formidable intellect. All right. No more pop quizzes. Uh, Bernard, what's up next for City, and how important is it? I think it's a quite an easy little restful week, isn't it? Uh, we've only got Arsenal at home on, on Wednesday evening. An interesting game now that, uh, of course, they're free on the trot, they've drawn. They, they've shown the ability to come back from being goals down and they've shown the ability to let goals in from being goals up. So it'd be certainly be... A, I'm not going to worry if we go 2-0 down on Wednesday night, uh, in fairness. I, th- I think we could still do it. So that's not going to worry me. But it's obviously... It's momentum now, isn't it? It's made it very, very interesting. I mean, even if Arsenal beat us... Uh, all right, as long as you don't beat us by four or five goals or something. I mean, who who can guarantee that Arsenal are going to win 
all the next five that they've got left, certainly the next three games, Newcastle away, they've just spanked uh, Spud 6-1 and they're flying at the moment. Who says they're going to get anything there? They've got Chelsea at home. Chelsea have got to win sometime. Uh, and they've got, obviously, Brighton. And Brighton will be celebrating after getting through to the FA Cup final. So, you know, even if, even, <laughs> even if, the, beat, even if the Beatles are going to be eight points clear, we've got two games in hand. So, you know, they're not going to get maximum points. Well, that, like, we might take it on the chin and say, right, we'll pull our socks up now. We've just beat us at home. We'll, we'll win the next seven games. So, it, it, you know, but if you said that a week ago, before this Southampton game, before the game they played before that, you, you, I, I thought I would be going potty. But now the momentum, the momentum switched totally for City to go out and do this. If we beat them, um, I'm hoping there's no coming back then for Arsenal. If we, if we beat them on Wednesday night, and I'm fairly sure we can beat them on Wednesday yeah. night. The, the only the only down for me is Aki because he's obviously had Arsenal striker in his pocket for the last couple of times, even when they played very very well at the Emirates. Of course, uh, Gomez, Gomez. Yeah, well, I don't think Gomez will be playing, Ray. Don't start that. You know he won't be playing on Wednesday night. But you know that—that's the only downer really on on the night. But uh, yeah, I think I think momentum is all City's way now. Uh, I'll be very disappointed. I mean, I say even a draw is not a disaster. Of course, it's not. And as I said, even a defeat is not a disaster. But but we'll see. But I'm confident we we should go out and I've, I'm predicting a four-two win for this one. Well, part of me wants Brighton to beat United now, so that's a Manchester derby FA Cup final. Uh, uh, and the one worry is if Brighton win the FA Cup semi final, there's a tendency to drop off because the players are thinking about the FA Cup final. That would be my only concern, mm. you know. Um, yeah, but they'll probably get beat by Newcastle and draw with Chelsea by then, so it won't be a big problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Arsenal. I mean, I saw was it was it um. Squeaky gun time, one of the headlines in the papers after the West Ham game, I think it was. Squeaky gun time. I thought that was very clever. And that's exactly what we're getting. And we know Arteta snaps. You know, we know his, his passion and his we've seen it when they've been winning games, never mind when they're when they're actually up against it. And uh, it's it's making itself known to the players as well, I think. And they're all going through that phase at the moment, and long may it continue. They've let seven goals yeah. in the last three games. So, yeah, you know, they've let in seven goals. They've dropped six I points. Think, so. I think what Bernard said is right. Whatever happens, um, look, if I've said it, if City beat Arsenal, then we'll be two points behind, two games in hand, we win the league. And we win those we can, even, we can drop four points, I think. Even we can lose a game and draw a game and still win it. Yeah, yeah. But obviously we don't want to do that. But no. the good thing would be if we do beat Arsenal, Keep winning games before we play Madrid, because everybody's sort of, you know. I can't remember who it was now. Was it Merson talking about the Everton game? The Everton games in between the two Madrid games, and you know, if, uh, he's, he's talking that up as a tough game for City. The thing is, if we beat Arsenal, win our two games in hand. Uh, one of them is against Brighton right at the end of the season. But if we can win one of the games in hand before we play uh, Arsenal, uh, sorry, before we. Um, get to the Madrid game, so we, we we're ahead. I want us to be ahead in the table uh, by the time we play Madrid, and 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 if Arsenal drop more points along the way, it, it would be fantastic to go into the first Madrid game for at least four points clear in the league. That's what the win can help us to achieve. If we get four points clear in the league, then we can just go into the Madrid games with our first team, not worry at all about Everton, not worry at all. You know, we could uh, even. Put, I'm not saying we're going to go and throw a game, but we could rest half the team if we need to. Um, 
lose against Arsenal, then it's back in their hands. It was it, nothing's changed. All these commentators, you, you find out how clever they are. Where they said it's if Arsenal win, it's it's in their hands. Well, it, it was always in Arsenal's hands. Forget the Southampton. If Arsenal had beat Southampton, it was in their hands. Whether they win, you know, it's it's been in their hands for obviously for a while. It's never been in City's hands until recently, until they started dropping points against Liverpool and, and West Ham. So, um, but I think uh, the minimum is we don't lose. That's the minimum. But I don't want us to go out with that attitude, oh, we don't lose, because we're five points behind. That means we'd have to win both our games in hand. If we beat Arsenal, two points behind, we only need to win one of our games in hand rather than two. It takes a little bit of pressure off us. And that late rally by Arsenal makes it even worse, because if they were only four points clear, of us, then we got two games in hand. We just needed to get four points out of those two games in hand. We could have got a draw and we'd have won the league if we won the rest of our games. It's a bit, sounds a bit complicated, but bottom line is if we win all our games, we win the league. That's all that matters. And that's what we will we will aim to do. Uh, guys, just hitting the uh, 55 minute mark. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts from Bernard. Yeah, just as I say, I'm, I think looking at Brighton and United, obviously we're watching this now, I'm thinking half an hour gone, it's nil-nil. Personally, I think to win the FA Cup, uh, I'd rather play United. But from a personal point of view, it's always horrible being at Wembley. I mean, the semi-final, you know, it's not nice being at Wembley with United fans. They're not, they're not a nice breed to be to rub along with, in fairness. It's never nice at, at Old Trafford, definitely, and it's not overly... Nice at the Etihad sometimes, but so I'd like Brighton from a footballing point of view. I think as Ray said, there you'll see a far better game of football. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think United will nick this, and I think we'll prepare ourselves for a uh, let's let's hope an FA Cup final a week before even a, a bigger game uh, in Istanbul. Let, let's keep fingers crossed. And you know me, I'm not overly optimistic. I'm a glass half full guy, but uh, I'm I'm. Pretty cheer, pretty cheerful at the moment. Uh, looking forward to the next uh, four or five weeks. I've got to ask you. Okay. This, uh, my my final point is just to ask you guys a question. It's rumoured that Aston Villa want to buy Calvin Phillips and Kyle Walker for fifty five million pounds. Would you let both? If if the choice was you have to let both of them go, would you be happy to let them both go, uh, Bernard, for fifty five million pounds? Well, Calvin Phillips is an interesting one, isn't it? We know we know we've got to give him another season. We know we are, but if it turns out we don't give him another season, um, would he be looking at the guy who had a good game against Arsenal the other night, uh, Lavia? Because uh, let's we're, we're talking cover. We're talking cover uh, for Rodri. That's that's the simple thing. A lot of people are doubting whether Phillips can do it. Uh, perhaps it would be unusual for us to get rid of a guy after just a season where he's not really settled in. Uh, and Walker, yeah, well, some games with Kyle Walker, uh, you know, I think I'm get, when I just just when I start to get used to not having him there, I, I feel that we need to put him in there. But yeah, I mean, it, it sounds interesting, but I don't want to give up on Calvin Phillips uh, too quickly. But um, there's certainly 55 million. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not chicken feed, is it? And uh, I don't think Villa, are, them two, are going to come back and haunt us and win a league title or anything like that next season. So. Interesting, interesting. I, I wouldn't be averse to it, but it'd be uh, a bit disappointed in some way. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm a bit disappointed. Don't care that much about Calvin Phillips, um, but I, I didn't. I, I, I don't want to lose that sort of um, speed option that we have with uh, Kyle Walker. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I think that'll do us, guys. Um, this uh, United uh, game is uh, ongoing. It looks like Bruno Fernandes is about to come off because he got his uh, studs caught in the in the turf. Apparently, the the pitch is a little bit um, uh, on the on the rough side, and a few of them are going down and getting mm-hmm. ankle issues. Apparently, according to this um, this sort of commentary, well, I've been looking at. But, um, again. City's fault, definitely. It's our fault for playing there yesterday again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think we'll leave it. We'll leave it there, guys. And uh, as we say, a very exciting game coming up on Wednesday against Arsenal, and we will be with you right after it. Don't you worry about that. Anyway, let's uh, finish off for here, and uh, uh, thank the two guys, uh, Bernard and Ray, for uh, joining us, and uh, finish off in the normal way, fellas, by saying, "Have one on us, and up the blues." Up the blues. Up the blues.